Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Thank you, Hannah. Now, just before we start, uh, and were any of you here last week? Did any of you watch the service online? Um, there were a few challenges technically, and I think it just reminds me of how blessed we have been and are by a very small, dedicated number of people who have faithfully served in the last 18 months, coming in, working at the back of church, and just making all of the live streaming, the sound, the visuals happen. And I wonder whether we could just really embarrass them for a moment by all of us turning around and giving them a round of applause, because they do a remarkable job. Thank you so much, all of you. Um, those of you who often serve and are at home and those of you here, we are so grateful for your help. Um, and it's great to welcome you all again. Special welcome to Layla and Elise and friends and family. She's done so well this morning. Let's say a little prayer and then we're going to have a look at these words. And you may be thinking, what is David going to say about this passage we've just heard? So let's pray first. Father, thank you for your goodness and on this beautiful day that you've made, having just baptised Layla and looking forward to all that you have for us, Lord, we want to praise you and thank you. Thank you most of all for your love for each one of us. Lord, would you make your love known to us? We pray your comfort, your joy, your protection, your mercy and grace for each one of us as we look to you now, come and speak to us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to take a few moments, and I'm not going to speak for too long, but a few moments this morning to think and talk about generosity. What does it mean to be generous? And I want you to get involved this morning. So this isn't going to be one of those mornings where you can just sit here and doze off, because I've got a question for you. Uh, and it's going to come up on the screen now. Please, Justin. Um, we've got a couple of questions, in fact. Um, if you come with someone, you might want to turn to them now uh, and just have a look at these questions and answer them briefly. If you're at home, you can do the same. If you're here on your own, that's fine. Just have a look at these questions and think through what you would answer. As we think about generosity, have a think about the most generous gift you have ever received. What's the most generous gift you've ever received? And who is the most generous person you have ever met? So you can turn to one another now, those you've come with, um, have a chat, have a chat at home. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Ready, steady, go. Generosity isn't always about money, is it? Um, I'm sure some of you have been sharing that we can be generous with our time, we can be generous with our words, we can be generous with our actions. And at the heart of the Christian faith is an act of generosity, God's generosity to you and me. And we see a hint of that 
here in these words in the book of Nehemiah. We've been on this journey, haven't we, through the book of Nehemiah. And the story so far is that Jerusalem, the great city, was invaded. God's people were taken into exile, or most of them were. And a group were led back to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Nehemiah brought uh, a group of volunteers together to help it's working very well. We'll swap microphones. I'll try that one. Um, rebuild the wall around the temple. And this group of volunteers had given themselves standing side by side to rebuild. They'd stood up to opposition and, and persecution. And they built, rebuilt this wall in a record 52 days, which is amazing. And then having read the scriptures out loud and having confessed their sins, what we read here in chapter 10 is that this group of God's people with Nehemiah make an agreement, a commitment to obey God and to mirror God's generosity to the world around them. Now, these words that we read in chapter 10 in the book of Nehemiah point forward to God's greatest act of generosity. If you've got your Bibles with you, have a look at chapter 10, verse 31. And we read here, as Hannah just read to us, about a commitment to cancel debt. Now, if you or I uh, ever have been in debt or if we are in debt, we know that we need to work very hard to repay it, don't we? So whether that's a student loan or whether it's paying off a mortgage or a credit card bill, it takes a lot of hard discipline and work, doesn't it, to pay off that debt. Back in Nehemiah's day, if someone was in debt, the interest rates were so high imposed by the authorities around them that often it prohibited them, it stopped them from being able to pay that debt off. And they would find themselves having to go into human slavery to offer themselves to, to be captured, if you like, because they couldn't pay off the money that was owed to their creditors. So part of this commitment that we read about here in chapter 10, this agreement that these people are making with God and with one another, is to cancel outstanding debt, to say that every seven years we're going to wipe out the debt that is owed. And it's one of God's commands. We read about it in the book of Deuteronomy. It is God's heart that people wouldn't be burdened and shackled by debt. But this cancelling of debt points forward to a much greater and more powerful cancellation of debt, a generous act of God. Now, some of you may have heard this story about two boys who were friends, and they'd gone to school together, they were very close, they went to university, they were friends at university, but as they became adults, their lives took very different paths. One of the young men went off and became a, a, a lawyer and actually went into a high court as a barrister, a judge. And then his friend took a very different turn and ended up in a life of crime. 
But one day these two met because the friend who'd turned to a life of crime was caught and he ended up in front of his friend who was the high court judge standing before him convicted of theft. And of course the the judge didn't know what to do. On one hand, should he show loving compassion and generosity to his friend or should he ensure that justice was served? He made the decision to convict his friend who was guilty of theft. He was charged £12,000. There was no way this man could pay £12,000. But to his total surprise, the man who'd been convicted watched his friend step down, take off his robes, and come down to his friend who'd been convicted and pay the full £12,000, meaning that he had nothing more to pay. His debts were paid. He was free. What we read here in the Bible is that we all have a debt, each and every one of us. I do and you do. We have all sinned through the things we've thought, the things we've said, through our actions. But God in his generosity has sent Jesus to come to this earth to stand in our place on this cross so that He has taken all of our debt, our sin upon himself and we can be forgiven and freed and reunited, reconciled with our loving Father in heaven. It is life transforming. It certainly was for me. I didn't grow up in a Christian family. We never went to church. I hadn't stepped inside a church as Layla has until I was a teenager Both of my parents were heavy drinkers. Neither of them are alive anymore, but they were alcoholics. And I grew up in a very, very chaotic and dysfunctional family. I got to my teenage years and I was on a path to destruction, really. It wasn't healthy for me and it wasn't healthy for those around me. And by the age of 17, I was in all sorts of trouble. But a friend at the time said, Why didn't you come to church? I was so desperate, I went to church. And at the end of the service, an elderly man approached me and said, can I pray for you? And he prayed a beautiful, gentle prayer. And in that moment, I knew and sensed God reaching out to me in Christ and saving me. I knew God's peace. I knew God's forgiveness. And it was and is to this day totally life transforming. This promise that we read about here in Nehemiah to cancel debt points forward to the new covenant that Jesus Christ brought about through his life, his death and his resurrection. In Colossians chapter 2 we read this, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our debt, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. I want to give you a little illustration 
of what this looked like in my life and in the life of many. Because in this rucksack, what I've got is a number of clothes. And as I was a young boy, I realized that what was going on was something like this. Each of these pieces of clothing represents things that I did wrong, things that were done wrong to me, hurt and pain, burdens that I was carrying. So I, I made a total mess of it when I was younger. And I, I was upsetting others. I was saying things that were, were wrong to others. I um, had pain myself that I was carrying. I was really unfair to my friends. I was rude to my parents. I was just angry and upset. And it was like this rucksack that I was carrying was just being filled and filled and filled with this burden that I was carrying around in my life that was getting heavier and heavier and more difficult to carry to the extent that when I was 17 years old, I was walking around with this backpack on and it, I was totally weighed down everywhere I went. I was carrying all this stuff and I was oppressed and I was totally lost. I had no meaning in my life. And it may be even for one or two of you today that you can associate with this. We carry all this stuff with us in our lives, which sometimes is unforgiveness. For us, sometimes it's the inability to forgive others. Maybe it's pain or hurt from the past. And I just could not carry on with this weight on my back. And as that man prayed for me, and as the weeks went on from there, I realized that actually what Jesus had done for me was that he'd taken all this stuff on the cross for me. But my part was to lay it before him, to lay before him my pain, my sorrows, the unforgiveness in my heart, the bitterness in my heart, and to give it all to God through Jesus on the cross and to leave it there and to walk away. And this is something that you and I are called to do every single day. In Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 33, we read about atonement. God's people around Nehemiah had to go through all these rituals and sacrifices to know God's forgiveness. But because of Christ, you and I are able to approach God to seek his forgiveness and to walk free. And whether you're hearing this for the first time or the 700th time, I want to ask all of you today, do you know that you are truly forgiven as you repent and turn to Christ? Do you know that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus? Because many of us still carry around that rucksack with things in it that are weighing us down. And God invites you today to come to him and to truly know that your debts are paid.
this passage of scripture then goes on to talk about how God's people were responding then in light of this generosity. We read in verse 35 that they were giving in different ways. They gave of their first fruits. Verse 36, they, they came to God with their firstborn, their first cattle, their first flocks. They were giving thanks to God for his generosity by giving money and goods and possessions, even as we have with Layla, just bringing their children to say, thank you, God, for the gift of this life. They even cared for the environment by letting the land lie fallow for a while to recover. And the question I want to ask you as we close is, do you and I give to God first and then trust him for all we need? Or do we actually take what we need and then just give God what is left? Do we give to God first and then trust him for everything else? Or do we look after ourselves first? And I'm not just talking about money here. Do we look after ourselves and then just give God what is left? What would it look like for you to give your best, your most precious, the first in your life to God? It might be time, it might be money, it might be possessions, it might be hospitality, it might be using the gifts God's given you to serve. God is calling all of us to trust him, to bring all of our stuff before Jesus, laid at the foot of the cross, and to give him our best and our first, not to rely on our own strength or ability. And it may be that God is particularly by his spirit nudging you today to do that in a particular way. Or it may be that God is saying, for the first time in your life, trust me. Really trust me. He is our provider. He is a generous God. And he loves you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your generosity and goodness to us. We see it here in the book of Nehemiah through the way that your people responded and committed to you. But we see it most in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. Lord, would you help us to come to you today with all of our baggage and our disappointments and hurts and hopes and expectations to lay ourselves before you again and Lord, to give you our best, our first, to trust in you. And just pray for anyone here who perhaps today wants to give their life to Christ for the first time. Lord, together we want to say sorry for our sin, the ways we've turned from you. We thank you that Jesus came to die for us. And we ask, please God, for that fresh living water Come and fill us again. Breathe new life into us and fill us with the fullness of life that you came to give us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.